Hey people, I'm your host, Ashley, back for another episode of Parents Are People. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. It is Father's Day, y'all. It is Father's Day weekend, and we are doing a special episode in acknowledgement of fathers. Of course we are. Today I have two special guests coming on. I have Tony. Tony was here previously on our episode titled Growing Pains. If you have not heard it, please go back and listen to it. It is a powerful episode. She is on to talk about her father and share her memories of growing up with him with us. And then we also have Greg, who is a new guest to the podcast, and he's coming to talk with us about his relationship with his father. It is a beautiful relationship, and I'm excited for you guys to hear from both of them. And hopefully by the end of this, you know, you'll just be filled with all the warm and fuzzies and you're spending the day with your dad or you'll call your dad or you will. Heck, say happy Father's Day to a male figure in your life. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Of course, if it resonates with you, if it clicks with you, please send it to a friend. Matter of fact, send this episode to a father in your life. They need to hear some good words. Go on and send them this episode. I'm sure you guys will enjoy this. And as always, happy listening. Hey, Tony, welcome back. Welcome hey. back to the podcast. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here too. So you're here for our Father's Day special episode to share with us about your dad. Oh man, I really actually don't know where to start. So there's a good mix of memories, but I'll start off with this. Like last week, I was just thinking about the reason why I do certain things the way I do. And I've always had this, I need to be thorough and do things. So when I was younger, my dad had this saying, good, better, best. Okay. So there's good, there's better, but is that your best? And I can recall in fourth grade doing a book report. Ain't nothing too deep. I'm in fourth grade. It's construction paper, crayons, things of that nature. And he was just like, I gave it to him. And he was just like, oh, this is good. But you can do better. So I'm like, okay. I went back to the dining room table, aka the editing table, and picked apart my little project and then brought it back. And he was like, oh, this is much better. But Tony, is this your best? Hmm. And then I brought it back to the editing table and I was able to make more improvements that I didn't see at that time. And I brought it, he said, now this is, how do you feel about this now compared to what you first gave me till now? And I said, I feel really good about this. And when I turned it in, there was this level of confidence knowing that this is precise. This I, worked is top to, I worked on this. And there's nothing that you can say or take away from me because I put my all into this. And to a certain extent, I have that has been woven throughout my life in my relationships, my friendships, the quality of work that I like to put in. And I can definitely say it's, it's enhanced my life. Now, it's been a pain now because everybody does not work with that same thought process. So there are people that will not just do good. They'll do subpar on purpose or they will expect subpar not knowing that you are taking it to a whole nother level with this good, better, best. He, and I have other examples, but that's something that has definitely stuck with me in terms of just structure about how I move through life. And even what I do with my daughter now, I say, hey, good, better, best. Is this, is this your best? And she's like, I think I can. Yeah, okay, let's tighten this V up. 
like, I've seen you write a better beat. Let's get this beat together. And after I, how do you feel about that? When you turn this project in, she said, I felt proud of myself because this is, I knew I was capable of doing something better. So that's something that definitely sticks out to me. Humor wise, I know we've spoken and I have these like colloquialisms and just this level of sarcasm and cleverness. And I think about how my dad would give me answers. There was never a yes or no. It was, okay, so eight-year-old Tony. Hey, dad, can I go outside to play? Does the frog bump its butt every time it hops? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so eight-year-old me like, yes. Come on back in before the street lights. And so I, it was always something like that. Are we going through the store? Well, is the moon made out of cheese? Yes, you better bring some damn crackers, okay? Get your sisters that, ready. <laughs> I love that you see these as enduring because like my mom did this to me and I could not stand it. Like, can I please just get a yes or no? Please, please. There was never a yes or no until my sister we talked about this because it was these things that we had to picture in our head mentally to figure out the answer. Or if we tried to get up, oh, y'all trying to play me like Sammy Lunchme. I don't know who Sammy Lunchme is, but he's not one to be played. And I don't even lunch me. So come on back around and talk to me like you got some sense. So, and I find myself, and I find myself throwing in these very colorful illustrations in my banter you know, when I'm talking with my friends or even when I've been in therapy sessions to, to lighten up the mood or bring another perspective. And then like, I didn't think about it that way. So I, I do appreciate that. Even though eight-year-old me was just like, why can't I just, can I go outside? Yes or no. Why do I have to picture the frog jumping? And if its butt is hitting the lily pads or not. But even in real life situations, just uh, he always had answers and he made sure to give me full explanations. One thing I do miss about him because he passed away in 2008 is if I had questions, he had answers. And so he would always say, Tony, we can talk about all things great and small, big and little. If you have questions, I have answers. And I can definitely say that's something I miss because he basically opened up his mind and his life experiences like a buffet that I could pick from. And he allowed himself to be that for me up until he passed away. And I can say that is definitely something not often that parents want to do for various reasons because you want to maintain that. You don't want to be vulnerable in front of your kids because that takes a lot of personal growth to be vulnerable in front of your child. But he was open in that way. The other thing about it is me getting older. That means he was always in a constant state of learning because if I had a question that he didn't know the answer to, that means he had to go look it up. He had to go read. He couldn't give me this blanket answer. So I do, I do miss that. Just being able to have those kind of, what do you say? These pontifications <laughs> that we have where we sometimes would sit on the back porch and just talk about anything. I remember him explaining death to me one day. I was, I think I realized things die. I think I had to be in like maybe the first grade we were taking a walk and I saw a bird not in the air. 
And that threw me for a loop. It was laying on its back, wings just sprawled out. And I was like, what happened? I said, that bird is not in the air. And he was just like, things end, life transitions. And, uh, you know, he never said death that way. He said, the bird has gone to the ages in eternity. He said, but this space that we're in, it's, it's not forever. It's temporary. We go on. But I said, that's why the bird is, and it was a very gentle way of explaining it, that it is like a tree. It goes through its seasons and the leaf eventually slowly detaches and floats. And that's how it was explained to me, but in the first grade. And he took the time to, to share that and not shame me or, oh, that's just old stinking bird or whatever. But I miss those intellectual, open, age-appropriate conversations. That was the person I could talk to about politics. If I had any type of, if I read an article about some type of science issue or psychological thing or world issues, um, socialism, all, any kind of ism I want to talk about, I can literally, I could bring it to him. And it's very rare that you find that. And so I've been able to cultivate that in some of my relationships. But that's part of the reason why I think my friendships and the people that I have in my life are like that. Because I, I do have an intellectual stimulation and he gave that to me early on as a child. So yeah, his sense of humor, that that structure of good, better, best, and just you're a forever student. Mm-hmm. Don't know. And knowing that you don't know is really what being a genius is, is really what being smart is, really what being intellectual is, not trying to reapply that same old knowledge. You need to know when you've gotten to the end of your knowledge base and that it's time for me to read and research some more. So my love of reading and the reason why I love to read, information. I want to know what I don't know. And that was instilled in me. I keep thinking about what you said, that he like opened his mind up to you, his life, his experiences. Like he just allowed that to be open to you, to ask about, to explain. And it just sticks out to me of like such a beautiful thing. Cause I know I think about that with my mom of like, to, to just know her as a person is a gift, is a very special gift. And it sounds like your dad gave you that gift as well, which adds, I think so many layers and perspective to our life when we just know our parents other than just the people who take care of us. You saying that brought to mind a conversation that we have when I had to be about 18 or 19. He was in Monterey, California at the time. And my sister, we hit with the visit. And I remember just us sitting in this space, just me and him. And he turns to me, said, Tony, do you like me? I said, daddy, what kind of question is that? He said, no, for real. If I was not your dad as a person, what do you think about Anthony Garcia? And I sat with that for a minute. I said, I think you're an awesome person. I said, I'm not here just because I'm your daughter and we're supposed to be. I said, I'm actually here because I want to see you. And I just remember him sitting with that. I'm like, okay, she's not here out of obligation. She likes me. So that what you just said, getting to know your parents as people, what their interests are, where they came from, the reasons why they do certain things and Yeah, I appreciate him sharing certain aspects of his life. He joined the military. He was like 17 years old. So he talked with me about 
his childhood. I didn't have, he didn't tell me like nighttime stories like Cinderella and Once Upon a Time. He would tell me stories about shenanigans that he did as a child, his time in the military. So the stories were actually parts of his life that were like bedtime stories. And I'd be like, okay, so the next night, wonder, so what happened next after you got deployed? Or what happened when you and your brother, you know, got caught doing X, Y, and Z? What happened after y'all got off of punishment? So he would tell me things like that. And that was his way of, I didn't realize it at the time. He was telling me his childhood and how he got to where he was in life. The reason why he parents me the way he was parenting me, I got to learn his interests. I knew that he was in a band. He played the drums, but when he was in Germany, I'm thinking you were 16, 17, 18. The band was called Magnum Opus. So I knew that word as a young child and what that meant, but that was me knowing my dad likes to play the drums. He was in a band. His favorite foods, his favorite color, like I knew those things. Music that he likes. I still have his albums. There are certain Chicago so I'll be sitting around older people and they'd be like, oh, I like it. I said, what you, you know, and I'll be talking about, oh, what kind of music? Oh, what you know about Chicago? What you know mm -hmm. about the Eagles? What you know about Phil? Because that was all things that he enjoyed. And he shared those things. It wasn't this separate type of thing where I'm the dead, you're the child, and there's this partition. Um, so I do miss that. Even I wish I, when he passed away that I would have kept paying the bill on his phone. But there was so much stuff going on. But. He wrote, it was like kind of like a diary type of thing while he was overseas. And he typed it up. And so if I, I know if I read that, I can hear his voice in my head. Given my, my age and stuff like that back then, there was no cell phones and stuff like that. He would write us letters. And he just didn't write a group letter. Tony got a letter. Ashley got a letter. Jasmine got a letter. So he had different conversations with each of us. He even got us this book and I wish I would have brought it downstairs but it's a book called why why a daughter needs a dad why a father needs a dad something like that in each of the pages of the book he wrote a caption if I read those things I can hear his voice I know that he had very specific thoughts for each of us and he looked at us individually and shared himself pieces of himself that he knew were that fit what we needed at that time and that wasn't just some blanket parenting thing that was I want you to know me and I want to get to know you because Tony does something different with me Ashley and he did that he would take us all out but sometimes he just spent time with Jasmine sometimes he just spent time with Ashley sometimes he just spent time with me and the things that he did with me were specific to me I like to take walks we take nature walks you know I like to pick flowers so <laughs> we go flower picking to make sure I didn't violate anybody's Passing anybody yard picking these flowers. We also collected football, baseball, and basketball cards. I have this huge collection of sports cards that I have had since the second grade. And that was something that we did every Saturday. We would walk up to the store along the way, pick flowers, of course. We would get these <laughs> cards, eat the gum that came with it, because gum came with it. And we he bought these big binders and we'd sit together and he'd let me know who was on what, why this player's important with these stats meant. That was something that we did together. And so, like you said, the sharing of yourself that I got the opportunity to know 
you and I think that's part of, of course, I missed my dad's degree part, but the other part was like, I was just getting old enough to where we could, we, me and you, me and you, you know, I was getting out that child place to where you felt like I got to help raise and you and I can sit and just, we can talk about these things. There's so many things I wanted to share and I wanted your input on. And so of course that can't happen now, but it's, that was what, that was the foundation that he was building. So then at some point that was what would have been happening right now. And Father's Day is very different for me because uh, he died a week before Father's Day. No, after. So I was actually, he got discharged from the hospital. And I remember I had put together this father and it was not the typical one, but it was something he liked. We both liked to read. So I had got him this, it was his transcript of this, this novel, Gilgamesh. <laughs> and he liked to eat Slim Jims. That was his thing. If we were at a gas station, oh, I need to get a Slim Jim. So I had got him a whole bunch of <laughs> Slim Jims. And there were like a few other kind of just very meaningful little things. And I wanted to give him those things I planned to visit. So he knew what, it, what he was going to get because I was too excited to surprise him with it. So he was a so he knew what it was. It's like, I got y'all these Slim Jams and then you can read this and we can talk about it because there's all these themes in there that are confusing to me. And I want to share that with you. And then a week later, you're not here. And so Father's Day, because in June, so June is, it's not like he passed away in September. And I'm, June, everything happened in June. So yes, it's, I'm so glad that you asked me to have this interview because I do like to talk with him and it's not very often that I have these spaces where it's okay to talk about him, especially with like grief and death. A lot of times people don't want to, they don't want to touch on that because it is, it's, it's painful to talk about mortality because it makes you think about your mortality. I don't hear about nobody else dying because that means I'm going to go too. But this is a space where I can share about those things because grief is love, but it's, it's love that's unexpressed. There are very positive things that I look back on where it's just, that's not unique to Tony. I learned that from somebody and that's who I got that from. There's so many other things that I got from him um, that I sit back and like, okay, that was an Anthony Garcia thing. <laughs> that was not unique to Tony. You said earlier, he set the foundation. He set the foundation, just sharing with you all connecting with each of you and your sister, just like it was there so that even when, because the day was always going to come where he wasn't going to be here, you have such a rich relationship to look back on, memories to look back on, his words, all of that. And this is, how many years has it been? You said he passed in 2008? That 2008. And if I talk about it, it's like yesterday, I know yeah, it's I can go back to the day. I can go back to the day. And I, there were actually, the mind is crazy. So there was actually a part of what happened that I blocked out and I ran into a high school friend and his older brother. And he reminded me of what happened, what I did and how he supported me in that moment. I said, wow, I totally blocked that whole thing out. So the day that I found out I had a really awesome day at work, sun was shining. And I drive to my mom's house and my mom and my auntie stand in the kitchen. I'm like, hey, what's going on with y'all? <laughs> I stand around looking like boo to boo. And my mom was like, your daddy died. Mm -hmm. I said, what? I said, y'all crazy. Ain't nobody dead. She said, no, Bonnie just called. Your dad has passed away. And they reached out to me. I said, oh, no. 
I immediately got in my car at that time, both my sisters in Alabama. I don't know what made me think about, I need to go be with my sisters. I drove, well, before I drove to Alabama, the person who I reached out to for support was not there. And, but I drove to their house because it was like, I got to make sense of this. Like, what? His brother answered the door. His brother, he wasn't there. His brother came to the door and I was just like, he said, I'm so sorry. I didn't say anything. He knew. And he held space for me and hugged me until I gathered myself. And he was just like, where are you going? Are you? I said, I got to go see my sisters. I got to make sure my sisters. So I drove to Alabama. And I don't know, I don't know where they, I, if my sisters had left. Or, I just remember I drove to Alabama. I don't remember seeing. I remember calling them. And then eventually I drove back home. And of course, everything happened. And so fast forward to, to last Maybe two or three years ago, I ran into the friend and his brother again in a different setting, of course. And I hugged him. I was like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. I miss you. It's good to see you. And he was just like, and I threw out a, a crazy memory of some foolishness that I did. And he was like, you know what I remember about you? He said, when you came to the house that day, and his brother didn't know because I never shared it. It's not something you just, he said, you came to the house that day. He said, I'm glad I was there. But he said, you didn't have to say. I said, and he said, you didn't say anything. He said, but I, I looked in your eyes and I knew. Because his father had passed, so he said, I knew what that looked like. Mm. So I literally did not say anything. I knew what that looked like. And I thanked him for that. And his brother was just like, when did that happen? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I had put that so far back somewhere in my head. But when he said that, it was like, oh, so that's what happened. So there are so many people that are missing. It doesn't matter how old you are. They're missing their fathers in some capacity. Because even for him to say, I knew what that looked like. I felt what you felt because that's how I felt when my dad passed away. So I'm, I think this, you doing this segment is very, is important because, you know, dads coming you know, across the spectrum <laughs> in terms of their participation and connection with their kids. But I think it's good to have this space because there are some dads that they do make an impact. They do set the tone and the structure, they did give their children something that is still living with them today. Like my dad is physically not here, but there are things that I'm doing right now, it's him all day. And so I think this is, it's nice to have a space to be able to express, I love you, thank you. I appreciate you loving and parenting me and sharing the best parts of you that you thought I needed. Because that's basically what he was trying to do. I, I want to share the best parts, but I want to add a little bit of humor, which was the was a moon attitude. <laughs> that was also his way of teaching me critical thinking. I need you to be thinking about things because I'm a therapist, but what do they call it? Socratic questioning? Mm-hmm. There was never a, an answer. So there were times where I might have given some things that were not appropriate, a lie, breaking something and trying to get over there was no pop pops or whoopings. I probably needed some, but there wasn't. He would sit me down and there would be this Jedi mind trick situation happening where he would make me feel the feelings that I was supposed to feel of guilt. Something went wrong. Are you... So he never said, I knew that you did it. It was, man. So your mom's duck got broke in the hallway, huh? Yeah, man, I don't know. 
I don't know who did it. Ashton Jam probably run through the hallway. You know how your siblings do. Yeah. But she sure is going to be sad. So you don't know who did it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. All right. I'm going to go cook dinner. It's 10 30. So I'm sitting with this now. I'm sitting <laughs> with this. And inevitably, I would come back and be like, Dad, I did it. Can you help me replace the item that was damaged? So it was what we do as therapists, where I don't tell you what you need to do, but I create the space for you to start thinking and feeling the consequences of your actions so that you have this kind of internal more this basically he was got he was helping me create a moral compass for myself because even though lying isn't it's actually age appropriate where kids get to this age where they realize oh i can alter reality with my words i can say this and y'all gonna go for it and, mm -hmm. and you just roll with it as parents it's like you need to catch that <laughs> yeah. that's where it's time to develop that moral compass and help guide them and so that's what that was he was I see what's happening. I know what you did. Let me see what I can do to help shape this, her character. Because there was another thing that he said so many things. There's nothing. Tommy, you with yourself 24 hours a day. And that was the punchline. That was a period. That was a punchline. So as I got older, you with yourself 24 hours a day. And as I got older, I realized I might get over on you. You might not know, but guess who got to sit with that? Guess who has to look in the mirror? Guess who knows? And how do you feel about you knowing what you did, even though you think don't nobody else know? And again, shaping my character, helping me build my moral compass, integrity. That's that thing where it's like, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, even when don't nobody see it. And it comes out in a lot of different ways. I'll be at Publix returning carts. <laughs> uh, I put baskets back. How Aura does that now. You got needed. I don't get a reward for it, but it's the right thing. And that, even though those are small examples, it actually transcends into other things because, like I said, I'm a therapist. There's a level of integrity that is required to provide this service. Am I perfect? No, but there's a level of accountability. And that was instilled in me. You can't just make that up right away. That happens over time. Treating animals right, treating people right. Am I going to act this way here and then act this way there? So it's all these like lessons and things that come up to I'm like, man, I wish you could be here to see what you did, but I feel like he already knew what he was doing because he was doing it. Yeah. And that there are probably moments of her over there doing the right thing. And I didn't, he didn't see me doing the right thing. I didn't know that he saw me. Okay, so we lived in Texas. San Antonio, of course, Corpus Christi is down the street, which is really down the street from Mexico. I remember us going to Mexico one time before Mexico was what it is today. And I was walking around and I remember I had this patent leather white purse, my favorite little person I would collect change. I had a and I remember walking, and of course, there's people selling things, but I remember coming in contact with this kid that was my age. We were the same height. And he said, of course, hola, como estas? And so I'm like, hey, how are you? We're talking. 
And I realized that he was not able to play. I don't know how that came to my mind. He was selling things for survival. So we were the same age, but he was like selling stuff. And yeah, we weren't able to do that. And I remember walking back to my parents and then watching him because he had went back to his grandmother, whoever, and then got some more stuff and was walking up to these kind of random adults that were either pushing him away or... And I said, Dad, I'll be right back. He said, okay, I'm watching you. And I went over and gave him my entire purse. Mm. And I just remember him, I smiled. And then he kind of looked like, and I said, no, 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 it's okay. And he took it. And I remember he was happy about it. And my dad never said anything about it. He didn't ask him where your purse went, is that in the third? And when I got to be about I'm 14 or 15, he brought it back up. Because we were talking about, I don't know what the heck he was talking about. We, all things great and small. And that popped up in his head. And he said, do you remember you when we went to Memphis? I said, oh yeah, I remember that. That was like, cool, I had fun. This is third. We got to go to the beach and it was a road trip. And he said, no, I remember this. You gave all your money away. I said, I did. I said, you and mom. He said, no, we saw you, but we didn't say anything about it. Now, I remember they didn't say, so I'm thinking I just did this stuff move. But... Those are things that they instilled in me. And that's that integrity. Like you, you realizing, yes, we're the same age. Yes. Are you a good person? It's, I guess it's like good person things. Mm-hmm. And it really does start that young. And so I just, that was like a proud parent moment that they kept to themselves. Yeah. And then he like pulled it out almost like a, several, a decade later. Like I was proud of you in that moment. And I didn't want to say anything. Cause I didn't want you to feel like, oh, I do this to get positive reinforcement. I wanted you to just sit with that good feeling between you and him without the outside, oh, good job and the accolades. I didn't get any accolades for that. Nobody talked to me about it. It was just, that was between me at that time, what I thought between me and that little boy. So yeah, those are like yeah, positive, that I'm, positive memories that I'm, thankful for that lets me know I think he does know even though he's not here in the form to where I can have him actually acknowledge it verbally in the way that I would like I love that those are beautiful memories that I appreciate you sharing you got me misty eyed over here random they're not really random just just things where he would try to show his appreciation I remember I wrote this poem I mean I still have it and he was just so impressed with this poem and I gave him the notebook paper version he had it made into a plaque oh. and gave it to me just because he was pushing stuff. It's just stuff like, like that. And of course we had our ups and downs, but there's so much more that outweighs that. And then also the fact that I got to know him as a person. And so I'm not demonizing him. Like you were literally giving me the best of what you had. At that time, it wasn't personal. It wasn't, mama had me at 18. My daddy was 20 something. They were married for 14 years. When they got divorced, wasn't nobody 40. Everybody was in their 30s. Three whole kids. Y'all was grown for a long time. I got a picture of him. Why is your mustache that thick? Why you got this grown man mustache? Cause y'all was grown. <laughs> Oldsmobile, grown. Wooden floor TV adults, but wasn't nobody. Mm-hmm. Y'all were younger, giving me the best 
giving me the best of what you guys had and did that because really I think about it, I grew up with y'all. So what, me and my mom, we're 21 years apart. That's nothing. That's nothing. I know enough about what you went through and we went through it together too. So I think, like I said, even though there's been ups and downs in the relationship, the fact that I was able to know him as a person, that added so much more depth to the relationship that it's not just parent-child. This was a person before I even came into existence and I got incorporated in their existence. And these are the parts that they picked out to give me, to share with me as they maneuvered through their life too, because he was growing up too. He was growing up too. When you say I was thinking, yeah, it wasn't that parent and child, it was Anthony and Tony. It was, yeah, literally, because some of the conversations, that was us. He was getting to know me as a person. My my interest. And the other funny thing about that, about the Jedi mind tricks, he was a Scorpio too. So he would be joking about how like Scorpios have like these psychic tendencies and we always play a mind game. So it was like big Scorpio, baby Scorpio type situation. But mm-hmm. <laughs> little Tony, big Tony. Mm-hmm. The fact that he took the time to, to get to know me as a little person into a big person and to know, oh, this is what Tony needs work on. She knows the underlying parts of like reality and how to manipulate it. Let me help her learn to use her superpowers for good. And for him to know that about his child, you know what? Let me help her out because this can go. We've talked about that too. He said, people gravitate to you. They there's something about the space that you create that allows people to share stuff that they might not really know that they want to share. And you can do something really great with that, or you can do something really damaging with that. With the power of your words and your actions, and what you do and how you present yourself. And I appreciate him for molding that. Because I didn't, you you don't realize that when you're a child, that's her superpower. Let's prevent her from turning into the villain. (laughs) Parents' whole job. Keep it off. That is their whole job. Let's 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 stop her from invoking her powers of darkness. You should all pay. What would she have done to me? (laughs) And that was your origin story. But thankfully, yes, someone intervened in time. They intervened. If you were wishing your dad a happy Father's Day, what would you say? Oh, man, now you can make me all teary-eyed. I would want to say, and it's so funny because no matter how old you get, you you still want your parents to be proud of you. So I would want to say thank you. And I hope you're proud of me. Thank you. I mean, I tried my best to do everything that you set out. And I hope that the life that I'm living now is something that you would be proud of. Yeah, I would want to say thank you. And I I hope that you're proud of me. That's what I would want to say. Yep. And it's not sad tears, it's it's happy tears. Because now, you know, like I said, my dad, I was in the military and I'm Often I'm uncomfortable that, and there's sometimes when I walk into the to the VA and I, I look at the flag because they, and I say, I hope you're proud of me that I'm doing something that 
you would you would acknowledge that you would feel like I'm giving back that you it resonates with you that I'm here with the I'm here with veterans. I get it. And I get it because of you. And I want to I appreciate just the life experiences that I've had because I'm not been, I'm not in the military, but I know it. There are times when I'm on the phone and they say, how did you know? And yeah, thank you, Dad. And I hope that you are proud of Tony Nicole Garcia. Too too. Yep. I appreciate you sharing your Father's Day wishes with us and sharing your father with us for this special day and this special episode. And yes talking to us about your relationship with them because you're right we don't give enough I don't think the world in general gives enough credit to the input of great fathers yep no you're yeah hi Greg welcome to the podcast thank you glad to be here can you tell us a little bit about you my name is Gregory Thompson Jr. I'm 31 years old I work in IT and aerospace but I am also a DJ go by DJ Norway. I play all around the Charleston area. I travel to other states as well when, you know, people give me money. But I just love doing what I do, and I hope to continue doing what I do in the future. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. So how do you like being a junior? It is one of the things that I am constantly thinking about all the time. What do you mean? Um, well... When you're a junior, specifically, you're kind of always looked at as, oh, you're the little version of your father. And even though I will say that I was never put in a place where I had, like, innate pressure to be my dad or be better than my dad, I still kind of felt that way in some ways. But I also love being a junior because I am constantly looked at by my father's great traits that I get. As well as the bad ones, but mm. but majority of the time it's like, oh, you're Greg's son, man. I can see it on your face. Where you at? Yeah, I knew that. I knew you was Greg's son. So you get the benefit of his good reputation. Yeah, I get the benefit of this good and his bad, you know. Mm -hmm. But the good stuff usually definitely outweighs all the bad. How would you describe your relationship with your father? Fantastic. <laughs> Love my dad. Love him to death. It's not a perfect relationship. Definitely, we've had our moments throughout life, but majority of my time that I've spent with my father has been a positive one. And it's the type of relationship I wish more people would have with their fathers, where they actually, you know, respect them, have a little bit of fear, just a little bit. I feel like you need that a little bit, but not completely, between like a father-son relationship. But... Also, the level of guidance he's given me in life and lectures he's preached to me throughout the years have been super important to what I do and how I treat people outside of like work and even in work, just maneuvering around in this world. There's so many life lessons he's just dumped into me over many school things that we've done throughout my childhood with him. He'll always have like a little lecture like, oh, well, son, you know, let me tell you about this time. Why you shouldn't do it this way and blah, 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 blah. He goes on a tangent. He's way better at it than me. Can you share a big lesson with us? Like what a lesson you learned? All right. Well, my dad, well, we have like a family mantra. Rather be safe than sorry. It's something we say a lot. 
And it doesn't mean that we don't take risk, because we do. Taking logical risks is a part of life. But normally before I would do something, or as a kid I would like rush into things, like maybe I'm trying to cook, and I try to drop like water and hot oil for some reason, which is stupid. This is a great fire. My dad would like stop me and be like, well, son, do you know what happens when you do that? And I'm like, no, not really. I can just put the fries in the hot grease, right? So well, you shouldn't just drop them in there. You should lay it in there. Because what happens if you splash all of them and you burn yourself? I'm like, all right, you're right. I probably should do that. And he was like, yes, yeah, son, it's good to rather be safe than sorry. Because if you're sorry at the end, now you can be sorry for something that you did or sorry of something you did to someone else. Then there are consequences of those actions. But if you just took the time to be safe, think it through, look at the situation for what it is, and then make a decision, you'll protect yourself as well as others in any position that you find yourself in. So coming in to kind of give you some perspective on it instead of just like, don't do that. It's like, hey, yeah. do you know what happens when that happens? Here, Well, let me tell you. Exactly. And that's where, you know, something that I talk about a lot is the P word perspective. You know, he he does a great job at giving me a wider view of perspective of the situations that I've found myself in in life. You know, I, I would reach out to him and talk to him about things a lot, whether it's a financial decision or sometimes even a life decision relationships, all the stuff. I taught my dad about those things. And it's good to have someone to give you counsel in that way because I really do value his opinion. It's not law, of course, but his opinion matters to me that much because it's helped mold me into the person I am today. What do you think attributes to you guys having like a good, close relationship? Communication. I know I mentioned something about, like, you know, a little bit of fear being there, but there is something I've never been afraid to do is talk to my dad about anything, whether it was about sex or drugs or other things that people would normally not talk to their parents about. I could talk to my dad. He's always left it open for me to be like, hey, son, you can talk to me about anything. Even if you think it's stupid. Because another one thing he says is that the only stupid question is the question not asked. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What's something you guys connect and bond over? Music. So, music is probably one of the biggest things that influences my life. And learning how to DJ came directly from him because he's a DJ too. He goes by DJ G Unit. He's been DJing for over 30 years. And. At a young age, like even as a babe, I would whine and fuss until he lets me play with records whenever he went to try to practice. So let's just say I, I kind of just wanted to do it. Maybe I seen him or I was in the belly and I heard him practice. But yeah, I want to do that too. And throughout life, I would always help support him. I would go to gigs as his roadie. Um, and those who don't know what a roadie is, roadie is like a DJ assistant. We would help them put records and crates together, pack up equipment, unload, set up, test things, and get the DJ ready to perform as well as break out and leave events. So I did that a lot in my childhood, going out to him, with him to certain events, being in places that maybe I shouldn't have been in as a kid, but you know, 
live and we learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm happy I got that experience. And I learned a lot being in those places earlier. So later on in life, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is a club. Like, I was like, yeah, this is a club. This is where clubs are. <laughs> How would you say y'all's relationship has evolved as you've gone from younger into adulthood? Well, one thing is, I know I mentioned that I could talk to him about anything. But now, as an adult, when we have conversations about certain things, it's not that I didn't push back as a kid. It's more like when I push back advice that he may give me now, he respects it because he understands that I am my own man. You know, like there were certain things that he will push back on as a kid. He's like, yo, you're like, I understand. I understand why this is important to you, but you're still kind of a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And this won't be important to you like two weeks from now. And, you know, back then, I'm, like, emotional. I'm like, I am. This is, like, I got to do this. If I don't do this, I'm going to die. They're like, no, you're not going to die. Like, <laughs> I hear you, son, but, you know, chill, chill. It sounds like even when he would take the time to redirect or something, it was never in a way that, like, diminished you. Yeah. Which is important. Very important. Because it allows you to keep your own voice and perspective as you continue to age or know, like, this is what it's like to speak up in a respectful way or to have pushback that doesn't degrade me. Like, even back then, hearing that, what I just said to you, could have seemed like, oh, you're not listening to me. When, yeah, he is. He's just like, you're a kid. You got to understand that, like, you're valid where you are, but this is not that important in the long scheme of things. And, you know, my little kid brain couldn't put that together. It was like, this was like life or death. But it was not life or death. Yeah. I love that he would always be open and honest, okay? And even when he, like, even when I messed up, he'll be honest. He'll be like, so I'm, just, just, I'm really disappointed in you about this. And he would speak to me in a way, not saying like, oh, I hate that you did this. You're a failure. Like, not, not in that way. He'll be like, you know, I know you could do better, okay? I love you. But this is not it. <laughs> and he'll give it to me clean. No sugar coating. No beating around the bush. He'd be like, no, that's not right. Here's why it's not right. This is what you should work on. <laughs> okay, and we can, I can help you do that. Oh, it's really nice knowing that I had that opportunity to get that form of constructive criticism early and have it come constantly in my life through my father and other male figures in my life, too. You said that now in adulthood, when you give pushback or feedback or something, or you don't necessarily agree, you feel like your dad respects your opinion on things. Yeah. Or, or there's this times when he's like, well, I don't agree with it, but you're going to do what you're going to do. And I like that. He ain't going to be like, oh, well, you know, you being stupid. He's like, no, <laughs> your own person. If this is the decision you're going to make, I wouldn't make that decision. But if this is the decision you want to make, make that decision. And I respect. I love that he doesn't like make me feel bad for not using the choice that he would make. He's giving me more. Well, he's giving me a lot more luxury to be me, be my own man, and not again going back to what I was saying in the beginning of the conversation. I essentially, feel the pressure of trying to be a carbon copy of him. And something my dad told me a few years ago when I was in therapy. We had talked, and I did open up the to him about feeling like I had to be this, like, better version. I know you never said this, but I still feel this, like, social 
implication that I have to be you. And he's like, no, son, I've never wanted you to be me. And I've never intended for you to be me. I've always wanted you to be better than anything that I could be. No pressure. No pressure. But I was like, but also that was pressure. No, yeah, that's what I was was saying. It was pressure. And he was, but he also said that like, I want you to be yourself though. You know, like be you. Don't be me. Like only I can be me. (laughs) And so in that he, that means that he also believes that you have the capacity to be better than he is. Yes. And he's already like, he's already praised me a lot for things that I've accomplished in my life. Like within, you know, going to college and graduating, getting a pretty good job in aerospace, as well as, you know, buying a house, the time I bought a house, how I take care of myself, the people that I surround myself with, is constant things that he continuously lets me know, like, that he's proud of me, that he's happy, and how much have I, how much I've accomplished in life at this age versus where he was. But I also try to remind him, like, Dad, that's my life, and your life is completely different. Like, you know, you have to give yourself some grace there. And also I think we have to remind our parents sometimes, like, I'm not just this way out of thin air. Yeah. You parented me. (laughs) To be this way. Right. I was receptive of it. Because, again, some people could parent people and be like, I can give you all the tools and Mm -hmm. and talks in the world, but if I'm not a receiving person, then I'm just going to... This is going to go in one ear, go out the other, and I'm going to do what I want from there. I mean, but you were probably more receptive because of the relationship. I agree. the connection. If he was just like an authoritarian, just this what you do, and then left you to it, that would be very different than you guys actually having a connection or relationship. So mm. his word meant, no, something. Yeah. Now, I won't lie and say there were not moments of the authoritarian edition. Yeah. You know, but that usually came into like, yo, you can't go cut the grass. <laughs> you know, some right. of that, not chores. But other things, yeah, we would talk, you know. One thing that my father did that helped me tremendously growing up is as a kid and just, you know, three, four, five, he would wake us up in the morning before we start our day, go to school, things of that nature, make us look in the mirror and make us say that we love ourselves. And as stupid as I thought it was as a kid, because I did doubt it was dumb at first, I appreciated it so much once I started getting bullied. (laughs) Mm. So much more once I started getting bullied. And then the older I became as I got into high school, as I got to college, when I got out of college, and I started to surround myself and run into different people from different walks of life, different parts of the world, I realized how much people hate themselves. Mm. And I was like, whoa, okay, my dad was on something. (laughs) (laughs) He was planting some seeds pretty early. And I see how me, my little brother, my sisters move based off of that lesson that he engraved in us. And he, like, prepared me for the world that was going to try to tell me to hate me versus me constantly criticizing and comparing myself to everything and everyone around me. Because when I try to tell people to love themselves, I'm like, hey, you're good. You don't have to keep looking outside. They're like, no, I have to be this. I have to be Beyonce. I have to be the new Travis. I need to be future. 
No one cares if you're these people. These people exist already. Be you. Love yourself. Love your big gut. Love your freckles. Love your bad hair. Love whatever you got, you know? That's what your luxury is. You have that. Like I, Even though I did still struggle a little bit with liking myself, this two outside means, I, I really do love everything about me now once I got to that point of true acceptance of myself. And it was a lot easier for me to do so because I had those lessons earlier on in life. So thanks, Dad, for waking us up and making us look in the mirror and say that we love ourselves. I appreciate it. I love it. I do believe that, like, some of our foundation in terms of, like, our self-esteem and just, like, self-love, it does come from, it does come from home. Oh, it does. our safe space. And somebody just pouring that in, like you said, before you get out into the world and have to deal with everybody else's stuff because they don't love themselves as much. I agree. So go down on that one. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Father. So wish your father a happy Father's Day. Yes. Or give him a thank you or appreciation. What would you say? Oh, this is pretty easy. What's up, old man? Hope you're enjoying retirement. Travel and keep traveling as much as you've been doing. You deserve to experience and see more of the world i know you've seen a lot in your adolescence but now you can see it more and just enjoy it for what it is thank you for all that you've done and sacrificed for us of course you being a veteran you know thank you for all of that thank you for showing up i know you were not always there due to the time that you were in the service but when you were there you were always you would do your best to be present you know, thank you for all the many lessons and all, oh my God, and every little preach that you've done. Because I, I do the same thing. I've inherited that trait. I preach all the time too. But most importantly, Dad, thank you for being the best dad that you possibly could, even if you didn't have a dad in your life yourself. You did a fan, you're doing a fantastic job. Doing, doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Love you, man. That's precious. I hope he listens and gets to hear that. And I'm sending this to him. <laughs> she said something interesting in there. It makes me think of what that may look like for him to figure out what kind of father he wanted to be without an example. So I know we I briefly went over that earlier about, you know, thanks to my dad and other like father figures I've had in my life. Because my dad was definitely a pioneer and he's definitely one of my biggest role models in life but I also had my uncle Vess I've also had my uncle Charles uncle Willie so many great men in both of my families help mold me into the man I am. even Mr. Richard like these are fantastic men that even when I'm not around my dad I am still receiving guidance all right let's wish a happy father's day to them as well yeah happy father's day to all y'all Love y'all too. Did you have anything else you wanted to add that I didn't ask? Yeah. Do some super nice things for your dad if you can. Don't just buy them socks and a tool to fix your car. Yeah. You know, maybe take them out to a movie. Get them a nice dinner. You know, maybe figure out what the hobbies they're into. Enjoy that. If they like to fish, go fishing with them. Let's get some. Let's get some better gifts for dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, let's up the ante on the Father's Day let's, kiss. Let's at least try that. No more underwear and ties, please. You say that for Christmas. Is that for Christmas? <laughs> right, like they don't want it no time. Let's do. Let's all do better. Oh, you need socks? Yeah, and underwear. <laughs> like that's the one gift nobody wants to buy for themselves. You're like, hey, you trying to buy some underwear? Like, nah, I'm not. That ain't what I want to spend my money on. <laughs> exactly. Like, I be I be looking forward to Christmas now. I'm be like, ooh, socks, underwear. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, keep this. <laughs> Keep the underwear for Christmas time, but otherwise for these specific days, especially yeah. Father's Day. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's really show some love to the fathers. They like nice things, too. Exactly. They like to be pampered. I guess some. Yes. No, but yeah, do some nice stuff for them, too. Moms be going on cruises and whatnot. Exactly. <laughs> and for the mothers who are also being celebrated on Father's Day, do something nice for them, too. But if you can find a father figure to celebrate... I would I would highly suggest you do that too. It's good to show good male role models in your life that impact you some appreciation. Yes. Thank you for making that point. That's a good point. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us about your dad and celebrating Father's Day with us here at Parents Are People. Thank you so much for having me. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope something that you heard today clicks for you, resonates with you. And I also hope that you share this episode with a friend. If you really like what you heard, please leave a review, rate with some stars and some words. That way other people can check us out as well. You can find me at my main hub. Website is parentsareareople.net. You can also find me on Instagram, parents, the letter R, people. Check out our website, parentsarepeople.net, where we'll have the blog and any upcoming announcements. You can also find me on Instagram at parents are the letter R people. On there, you'll find some featured photos from our guests and some highlights from the episodes. You can also communicate with me on there. And lastly, you can reach me via email, parentsarepeople.net at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.